0: test our ancient hebrew skills at speaking the names of these individuals but we may not have to go that far i know we just sung about our heavenly home and the there and then but i'd like to talk for a few moments tonight about five daughters with no future five daughters with no future joshua chapter 17 and verse 33 states this and Zalopahad, the son of Hefor, had no sons, but daughters. And the names of the daughters of Zeliphehad were, if you want to get some name ideas, jot these down, Mela, Noah, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this one right, but here it goes, Hogla, Milka, and Terza. But if you'll back up to the beginning, the first half of that verse, 17, Joshua seventeen verse thirty three, and Zelophehad the son of Hefer had no sons, but daughters. Would you pray together with me while we season our heart for what the Word would like to say? Jesus, we're asking tonight. God, interrupt any idea that we have that's not of you. God, I pray that the only thing that's heard, the seed that lands in the soil of hearts tonight would be what you would desire for someone to hear. God, what you would desire for somebody to have. And God, what you would desire for somebody to release in their life. I ask, Father, let that seed find good soil. God, hide me behind the shadow of your cross tonight, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. The very phrase, no sons but daughters, and then scripture going on to name five daughters strikes a chord in my spirit. Not because I have five daughters, but because I have one daughter. Scripture later tells us that Zelophehad died in the wilderness and I may know why. Five daughters. If you're a casual attender or just stopping by CCC for a visit online tonight, you'll know from anybody, if you were regular here, that I do love my family. I love my daughter sincerely, and we honor her mother today. They have a strong relationship, and I'm thankful for that, and that relationship has been worked through a season of near 20 years of us together 20 plus years of us being together and and in the last eight months we've had a wedding in our family and we're still negotiating the partially vacated nest that we call home as our daughters relocated to another country with her awesome husband and phenomenal family and attending wonderful church all those things um But it does make me think about the last eight months that we've had and then previous to that eight months it wants me to take into account the 20 years of interactions and observations and differences of opinions and interruptions and celebrations. And if I'd multiply all of those 20 plus years by five, I know that I'd have no pepper in this salt and pepper hair that I have. Five times. Five daughters. That strikes a chord with me. And, And if we look at the scripture, he had no sons but five daughters. The word but is a powerful word, it's used to introduce a phrase or a clause, contract contrasting that which has already been mentioned you see we're landing in the middle of a chapter but really in the middle of a story for these families these individuals these five daughters we're honoring ladies today we're honoring mothers specifically we're talking about moms but there's something in the heart of these ladies that I want to unpack right now they've got no future you see if you understood the context of the verse that we've just read That these ladies were a part of a family without a son. The context of the scripture indicates that we've just had a deviation from the norm. But he had five daughters. There was five daughters that were in the wings and five daughters that were waiting. But there was no sons. It's an exceptional situation in Scripture, and and God brings it to our attention three times. Joshua 17, our text, Numbers 27, and also in Numbers chapter 36. And it prods us to take a look closer at this family. What is it that calls for our attention? What's happening, and why does Moses reiterate this story? To call us to look a little closer. In Numbers 26, Moses takes time to describe a census that's being taken of all the males over the age of 20 in Israel. They're there in the wilderness. They're awaiting the promised land. A census has been taken, and, and we know that the focus is often on the sons. As a matter of fact, if you look at this, this census over and over again, it's the names of fathers and sons that are listed over and over and over again. But then occasionally, in the midst of that activity, there'll be ladies' names that are given to us, and, and probably, usually, because there's a story attached, it's, it's an exception to the norm. It's a, it's a change of pace. It's something that, that just kind of gets our attention, and we pause for a moment and say, hmm, I wonder what that's all about. We know that focus in the Old Testament was often the firstborn son and we'll visit that again in just a few moments. The scripture implicitly indicates the priority that's given upon that first son. Upon the first son's birth immediately the birthright is bestowed upon him and then near the father's death that firstborn son is called back in and the blessing would be released upon his life. The Bible tells us that no son's, no son was without that promise, no son was without that hope. But here in this scripture, it tells us that this father did not have a son that would be able to invoke the birthright. It does not tell us that there was a son available upon Zelophe, Zelophehad's death for him to bestow a blessing upon. There was no sons. There was just five daughters. The problem was, is that there was no progenitor for Zelophehad's family. As the the census concludes, God instructs Moses in Numbers chapter 26 and verse 53. It says, among these, in insert brackets, sons, shall the land be apportioned as shares. And we can conclude that at this moment, at this time, Zelophehad's future was finished because he had no sons. The future was imperiled. It wasn't there. It was no longer available. Their father's name was threatened with extinction. Their family was going to be finished. There were just five daughters. But there were five daughters who were going to be mothers in Israel. There were five daughters who determined that they would not embrace the extinction of their family. There were five daughters that determined that they would rise with distinction for their father's sake and for their family's sake. They would they would approach, come on, they were going to approach Moses because they knew that if they did, there was a hope of a future. I'm wondering if anybody tonight knows that before God, you had no hope of a future. Before God came on the scene, everything was all wrapped up. It was all finished. Your, your, Come on, your term had already been indicated as done. There was nothing beyond. There was no hope beyond for you. But But tonight I want to remind somebody that when God comes on the scene, hope opens up for your future. God comes on the scene and all of a sudden hopelessness is turned into joy and future opens up for us. And and these daughters were determined that they would rise with distinction for their family's sake. Let's take a moment and remind ourselves that these women were heirs to Egyptian slavery. They knew what it was like to be subjected to laws that favored men. They knew what it was like uh, to keep silent to stay in the house they knew what it was like to that, that, that they just kind of sit back and sit still and and don't get out of order sit in your place and and uh and I'm so thankful that God kind of gives us a little insight that that's not the way it ought to be that we're in this together how many know God is is for equality how many know God works on all of our behalf he sees us all the same So these ladies, they could have reacted by keeping silent. They could have reacted by accepting the normal rule for them to follow. But somewhere in their heart, there was something that was stirring. They were determined that the futureless hope, the hopeless future that they had was not going to be theirs. Right now, they were without a future. But they were about to change all of that. They were getting ready to go and do what God had placed them in this season for. There were five daughters that were ready to to write a new chapter in history. They were going to become mothers eventually. But they wanted to make sure that the future of their family continued. I'm trying to stir something up in the heart of some mom somewhere right now. Because it looks bleak and it looks hopeless. But in the inside, you know, there's a little bit of God can turn this around happening. As we begin to work our way through the scripture. That's the power of the word. The word has power to bring faith up to its proper place in your life. The word has that ability to release hope where you were hopeless just a few moments ago. And as we begin to talk, I'm praying, God, would you stir something up in somebody's heart? Because it's not meant for them. Come on, the lot that's been picked for them, that's not the intended future that you have for them. Right now, they're without a future. But the Bible tells us that these five daughters were ready to write a new chapter in history. I, I don't know how it started, but I have an idea has anyone ever seen five ladies get together in the room, be silent? They may not have known each other two minutes ago, but five of them together, all of a sudden, there's a common bond that links them, and they're going to begin talking. They're going to be, or Kathy, anyhow. Kathy's going to start talking about the weather. She's going to start talking about family. She's going to tar- start talking about anything at all. She's going to start talking about shopping. She's going to start talking about somebody's shoes. She's going to, she's going to start. And before long, the conversation is going to find a common thread and a common bond. And by the time we leave any room with five other ladies in it, there's going to be a connection. We're going to find out that we know somebody that somebody knew. And and before long, we we may, as a matter of fact, we may even be cousins by the time we leave the room. That's just the way it is. That's how it works. But I can just imagine that these women, at first they may have had instruction or the societal norm said, just stay close to your tent. Remain out of sight. Don't go too far from your families. Come on, just kind of bind together and, and grind out your hopeless existence. Their living place, their living rooms became too small for their social space. I, I I couldn't help it as I was reading through uh, my notes just a few moments ago. That I I said to myself, I'm just about where these ladies were. I'm sick of sitting still. I am just I'm just done with it. I'm I'm finished at sitting in this still place. I'm ready to get up and get out and get moving. I, I, I know maybe we're not able to yet. Maybe society is still saying not yet. Maybe the rules are still saying not yet. But I'm telling you I may be sitting down on the inside uh, on the outside but on the inside I've already started moving toward the promise that God has. There's something come on welling up in our spirit tonight. I hope you feel it because God isn't finished with us yet. God knows that the future is great. The enemy knows that the future is great and he's going to fight what he fears but I know there's a group of people that are ready to rise up today that's what I know I I can't help it I get a little bit jealous when I talk to some friends and they said we were back in our building today I, I, something stirs in my spirit I'm I'm ready I'm ready To see our church family back together. I'm ready for us to have church together. Maybe we'll start in the parking lot. And I'm not, I'm not trying to stir up some kind of revolution here, but I'm just telling you, you better get your spirit ready for what God is about to do. It's no time to sit back. Don't, don't be in the spiritual realm. It's not time to get in your hammock and go to sleep. It's time to get on our knees and begin to pray and say, God, what is it that you have for us? What's the future that you've intended for us? Because I don't think this is it. And these ladies, these five daughters of Zelophehad, they, they had that in their spirit because everybody said, there's no hope for you. There's no future for you. There's no inheritance for you. The promised land is no longer a part of your future. And they knew that whatever heritage they had, whatever sons that they would have, wouldn't have a hope when it came to the promised land. But things were about to change. I'm telling you that we can change the future if we're willing to ask God for the impossible. We are able to change the future if we're willing to ask God to change it. You see these ladies denied the destiny that was imposed on them. Numbers 27 and verse 1. I like it. It says, then came the daughters of Zelophehad. They they came. In other words, they weren't sitting down any longer. They weren't going to take this sitting down. They weren't going to take this sitting still. Society may have said, oh, you don't have a right. Where do you think you're going? Where are you headed now? And these ladies just bound together. Five sisters. They had no future. But that's about to change. They just kind of got together and they headed toward Moses. We're going to talk to Moses us about our situation and it says verse 2 of numbers 27 it says that they stood before Moses they stood before Moses and Eleazar the priest and before the princes and all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation you see they got up and they got out I'm sure everybody began to wonder where are they heading now what what are they up to now These five futureless sisters, what are are they up to now? But they had made their mind up. We're going to go talk to Moses. And and they got their facts together. They got looking in the past. They knew about their family tree. They knew about who they were. They knew about what the situation uh, was right now. They knew that the law had excluded them. The rules had excluded them from a future in the promised land. But they weren't happy with that. So not only do they come forth, they get up and they get out. They get on their way. They came forth, but they also spoke with determination. In Numbers 27 and verse 3 to 4, they came before Moses and Eleazar. They came before that, all the leaders of Israel. And they they came into that, come on, top-down leadership territory. They didn't have a right to be there. They didn't have a right by the law. The rules had already indicated that they were isolated from the hope of what was in store in the promised land but this is what they said. They said, our father, dad died in the wilderness and he was not. They wanted to be clear. He wasn't with Korah. That's not how he died in the wilderness. He wasn't a part of that company that was rebelling against Moses' leadership, but he died on his own, in his own sin and not, and had no sons. But then they asked this question of Moses. They said, why should the name of our father be done away from among his family? Because he hath no sons. Give unto us, therefore, a possession among the brethren of our father. Give us, therefore, a possession among the brethren of our father. They were saying, "You know what? There's something that's been overlooked." There, this situation's been missed by, by all of the laws and by everything that's been implemented and, and all the structure that we've, we've kind of got in place. There, there, there's a missing link. There's, a, there's something that's missing from this, and, and we're a part of that missing link. It, just imagine the scene with me. Let's imagine it. We have an Israelite camp formed by tribes. Each one is in its determined place around the tabernacle, which is in the middle. In the center of that, that tabernacle stands the main authority figure, Moses, the priest Eleazar there, all the tribal leaders assembled. And as these ladies approached, no doubt they were nervous. No doubt, probably one in five, somebody was a little hesitant. They were going with the, come on, the main group of their sisters. And, but somebody was probably a leader. Somebody was marching out in front of all, all five of them but they came before that imposing situation they came before them they got out of their tents they got got on their way society said sit down sit tight sit still there's like "Uh -uh, I am I'm not I'm not we're not accepting this situation and they went into that place where the tablets from Sinai rest and the Ark of the Covenant sits they didn't go into that holy place but they went to that tabernacle and no doubt it was imposing and no doubt they understood the power and the authority, the structure. They may have felt out of place, but they definitely were not out of order. Because they had sat still long enough and they knew that if they were ever going to step in and have a future, then they needed to approach this team. They need to approach God with their situation. Why should the name of our father be done away from among his people, from among his family? Because he hath no son. Give unto us therefore a possession among the brethren of our father. Sometimes I'm convinced that we assume that the lot in life that we have is because God has just ordained us to this problem situation. But this story tells me otherwise sometimes we've just settled in our spirit that this is just just the way that God intended for it to be and sometimes that's the case we wrestle we wrestle with circumstances that confuse us and and when we prayed the prayer and we don't see the answer come yet that confuses us when we prayed the prayer and we don't see the answer come that we wanted that confuses us but let me tell you that does not mean that we stop praying the prayer these ladies used that story about their father that he wasn't a part of the rebellion he just died in the wilderness but they also knew that the continuity of their family name depended on the inheritance of the land you see they were going to be mothers and they wanted their sons and their daughters to have a future in the promised land we sang a little bit about heaven tonight Kathy was talking to me this week and she said, Jack, I just, I just want to be encouraged about the hope that we have before us. And, and we didn't align our notes and I didn't even plan on it until we're in the middle of service. And, and then it began to make sense as this, this, this goes together. These ladies had the ability to recognize that there was an omission, a missing link in God's law. And we know that God is perfect we know that God has a plan and we know that we, we walk in the order that God ordains by his word. But can I just remind you that it's okay for you to ask for what your heart would desire. And if it's in the will and the mind of God, he will allow it to come to pass. So Moses didn't dismiss them. Leaders take a lesson. Moses didn't dismiss the five daughters without a future. The Bible in verse 5 of Numbers 27 says he brought their case before the Lord and the Lord spake unto Moses in verse 7 it says the daughters of Zelophehad this is what God said the daughters of Zelophehad speak right God said that to Moses Moses brought their cause and he he said look we've got five ladies we've got five daughters that don't have a future because there's no son in the family and Zelophehad is, he's, he's got no hope of a future unless, and God said, you know what? Those ladies are right. And in a moment, what was no hope for the future became, come on, became an endless hope for those ladies. We can come back to the music tonight. The daughters of Zelophehad speak right. thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren and thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them and what it was impossible just a few moments before became the right of those ladies because it was brought to God's attention tonight I want someone to realize that what seems impossible in just a moment God can make possible as a matter of fact God didn't just change the rule for those girls God changed the rule for Israel he he went on to Moses and he said and thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel saying if a man die and have no son then ye shall cause his inheritance to pass unto his daughter And his daughter, we know in the future, when she became a mom, she would have the right to pass that lineage, that promise on down from generation to generation. We're talking about the power of moms today. We're honoring our mothers. But somewhere in the supernatural realm, we need some mothers in Zion. Some that would travail. Someone that would be like Hannah. That's something stirring up in our spirit because until new birth happens, we won't be content. Until new birth happens, we won't be happy. Until we know there's a future. I'm wondering if there's any moms or any daughters under the sound of my voice that you may feel like you've been overlooked. You may feel like there's a huge mistake over life right now. I'm telling you that you can bring it to God. We have a case in point in Scripture. You can bring it to God and God can turn it around. I wonder if God included this story because He knew And he knows that there will be someone, somewhere, that would feel like they were missing out on the prospect of the promise. While everybody around you is talking about heaven, you're wondering if you're going to make it there. I want to declare and help you determine tonight that heaven can be your home. You do have a hope beyond this life into the promised land. They did not want to miss out on a coming blessing. And neither do you, but you've got to bring it to God. You see, Jesus over and over again made allowances for people to step into his presence that weren't entitled. You see him with Mary, washing his feet with her hair. The alabaster box is broken and he's anointed for his burial. Among everybody, being skeptical of the act. The law says that the woman with the issue of blood, her touching him would make him unclean. So instead she reaches for the hem of his garment and he makes her whole that's just the way that God turns in there are women all through scripture that change the perspective of their hopelessness to hopefulness because they stepped out and asked. it's the woman at the well it's impossibility overcome because they have the courage to ask and sometimes, in spite of the rules, God honors your request. The situation says, No way. I'm saying, Ask any way. Satan whispers, Impossible. Ask God. There is this scripture that says we have not because we ask not I'm wondering if anybody you're just missing out because you've you just kind of assigned yourself to the lot that you got you just kind of sat down too long and God's saying it's time for someone to rise up it's time for someone to begin to ask me for the impossible it's time for someone to to kind of look at the situation turn your back on it and turn to me and say God this is what I know is happening in my life right now but you can turn it all around that's the God that we're serving today that's the God that showed up for these five daughters without a future and by the end of the story it's all turned around the promised land has a place for them why because they had the courage to ask I'm asking someone tonight get up and get out and ask God for the impossible and watch what God does your destiny is not determined by the current state of dismay that you're feeling God is telling you go ahead and ask me divine justice has not abandoned you you don't have to stay stuck make a proclamation and go after your promise come on go for it child of God ask for it in closing tonight tucked away in the scripture is a picture of God's ability to turn it all around numbers 27 verse one it was a scripture that we read but I I shortened it for the sake of time tonight, but I, I want to go back to it in the close of the sermon. It says, Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Maker. And the last four words say, The son of Manasseh. The last four words that I want to use. Could we take a moment and remember who Manasseh was? Ephraim and Manasseh were the sons of Joseph joseph egypt joseph and it was those two sons that jacob had adopted joseph's father adopted them when he came into the promised land and realized that joseph had been there for that season to save all of humanity save souls save egypt and save israel alike when he came into that nation he adopted the sons of ephraim and manasseh and he blessed them and then if you look on through scripture, you'll find that since the tribe of Levi wasn't given territory, because they were the priesthood, they, they couldn't hold property. They weren't given any territory, but these two tribes made up the difference so that there would still be 12 tribes in Israel. And the birth order was Manasseh and Ephraim. In Joshua sixteen four. you see it in Numbers 17 and verse 1, but Jacob reversed it scripture tells us about it in Genesis 48 it said and when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim it displeased him and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head and Joseph said unto his father not so my father for this is the firstborn put the right thy right hand upon his head and his father refused and said I know it my son I know it he shall become a people and he shall become great and truly his younger brother shall be great greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations and he blessed them that day saying in thee shall Israel blessing God make thee Ephraim and as Manasseh and he set Ephraim before Manasseh God allowed Jacob to do this work of changing the birth order in other words God rejected the first birth for the sake of the second birth and I always wrestled with that a little bit until I was preparing for this lesson and I was studying and one commentator said this he said aren't you glad that God rejects our first birth and gives us a second birth aren't you glad that God, it was a picture of what God would do because we were born in sin and we were shaped in iniquity but God said let me just change the order of that for a moment we didn't have a right to the future we didn't have a right to the hope of heaven we didn't have a right to salvation but God said you know what we're going to do I'll tell you through the story of Nicodemus we're going to give you a chance at another birth, we're going to change the birth order, I know your first birth says that you're entitled to sin and you're entitled to sickness. And you're entitled to hell. You're entitled to no hope. But God is saying to somebody tonight, I'm going to change your birth order. We're going to allow you to have a second birth. You can see it in scripture. God accepts Abel, but he rejects the firstborn. He rejected firstborn, Ishmael, but he accepts second birth, Isaac. He rejects Esau and he accepts Jacob. Why? God was saying, I know what you feel like you're born into. I know what that would determine. I know what the law says. I know what sin says, but I'm going to reverse. I'm going to reverse it. I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to let you know that there is a new birth. For you. There's another birth for us tonight. If we could just let it sink in, these ladies knew that their history had been turned around. Maybe they had the courage to approach. Moses because they knew that God had already turned it around in their past so why couldn't God turn it around in their present mom I don't know where your son is right now mom I don't know where your daughter is right now but here's what I've come to declare God can turn it around because if he turned it around for you he can turn it around for them God can change the circumstance God can turn it around I'm so encouraged right now. My memory is being flooded with circumstances and situations. I'm seeing pictures of people that didn't have a hope, but God turned it around in a moment, in an instant, just when we didn't expect it, just when we didn't think it could happen. God turned it around. God wants to turn it around. Ah, that needs to be a prayer wherever you are right now. Someone just needs to begin to say, God, will you turn it around? God, turn the sickness into health. God, turn the poverty into wealth. God, turn my sorrow into rejoicing. God, turn my hopelessness into an endless hope tonight. Turn it around. Turn it around. God, turn it around. The story's there. If you just logged on and you're saying, what is this crazy guy talking about? He's hollering to an empty building. Let me just quickly, John 3 verse 3, Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus by way of night. He comes and he asks him that question. He asks him about hope. He talks of, you want to talk about five women without a future. You want to talk about five daughters without a future. Nicodemus was worried about his future but Jesus answered and said unto him verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born again except we reject the first birth and we move to the second birth except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God and Nicodemus saith unto him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb rhetorical question here every mother knows come on every Mother's Day mother knows tonight that's an impossibility can he enter again into his mother's womb and be born and Jesus knows verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God that which is born of flesh is flesh your first birth it won't do it I know pastor talked about this this morning And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Wherever you are tonight, you want to erase hopelessness over your life? You must be born again. You want to, you want to embrace the hope that we had while we were singing about heaven just a few moments ago? I'm going to tell you, marvel not. You must be born again. You got to be born again of the water. And you got to be born again of the spirit. We can help you with repentance. We can guide you through a prayer praying that God will turn your life around. We can t- we can guide you through that. We can walk you through that. We can walk you up these back, hall, this back hallway, up these back stairwell into that baptismal tank. It's already warm and it's already for you if you're ready to be baptized. We can help you with that. We can do all that, and then we're preparing for God to fill you with His Spirit. He can do that wherever you are tonight. Wherever you are right now, God can fill you with His Spirit if you want it, if you desire it, if you're hungry for it, if you want to change your future. You can have the change right now, but you got to have the courage like these daughters had. The courage to change your hope today. The courage to change your future is yours If you're willing to ask God questions that change the future marvel not you got to be born again please don't believe a lie that tells you anything but what Jesus gave instruction to Nicodemus about what Peter gave instructions to that crowd assembled in Acts chapter 2. you got to be born again you got to be born again of the water and you got to be born again of the spirit You got to walk your way through repentance and then you got to walk your way to a baptismal tank or a river and you got to be buried in water in the name of Jesus Christ for your sins just like the Bible says. You've got to have that done but God will do the work of filling you with His Spirit you don't need anybody there you don't need anybody laying hands on you it could happen in the next few moments it could happen in the next few minutes it could happen in the next few hours few days few weeks it can happen for you but you got to be willing to let God do it marvel not but you must be born again you see if you're born twice you'll only die once if you're born once you're going to die twice but if you're born twice if you go down in that new birth experience you're only going to die once and then when he calls his church home with the trumpet that we hear or the dead in Christ rising first that hope of heaven is yours today I don't take this responsibility lightly I'm honored that people would allow me to stand in a pulpit and preach to you tonight But I'm asking that someone would have the courage like these five daughters with no future to ask God to change. Come on, not just to change their life, but to change generations beyond them, to change eternity for someone tonight. I feel the help of the Lord right now, wherever you are. Would you just silence all the distraction? Would you call everything into order? Let's bring our mind into subjection. Come on, you have authority over your thoughts right now. Let's pray. Father, God, this medium that we have of media, I thank you for it, but God, I pray that you would move through it tonight. I pray that somebody would experience the hope that you've prepared for them. God, that somebody wouldn't sit in that static state and just accept the fate that's been delivered to them but that somebody would get up get out deny the devil that someone would walk on into hope that god has for them that somebody would step up and take hold and god will hear them tonight lord hear someone's cry attend unto somebody's prayer right now god would you respond Let somebody know that you're right there with them right now I ask that you would turn disease around turn sickness upside down bring health right now father I pray that you would reach. Do that work that you're able to do. We don't accept. We don't accept what everybody's already determined for us. We want to hear the word from the throne. We want to hear the word from the king tonight. Declare it, God. Declare life. Declare health, God. Declare wealth even. We don't preach about that a whole lot, but I pray that you would turn somebody's financial situation around. It's not their own fault. It's just the circumstances that happen around us, but you own the cattle on a thousand hills, so I pray, God, that you would turn it around turn it God we pray in your powerful and in your precious name we ask let someone say in Jesus name we may need to stay just there for a moment I, I just have this belief that somebody is praying through right now that someone is praying into the promise that God is released through his word tonight I, I just want to stay right there for a minute don't, don't cut us off webcast guys don't don't cut us off yet Brandon don't cut us off yet Derek I want the Holy Ghost to move in somebody's living room I, I want the Holy Ghost to move in somebody's car they may be driving along the highway right now but I'm praying that they gotta pull over and let God do reformation let God do a work in their heart right rent- their life right now. Holy Ghost do your work. Help us tonight oh God we declare the power of your Word. God, we declare the power of your word. We declare the power of your word right now. God, we declare the power of your word. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. It's that, it's that ability to turn it around. God, turn it for somebody. That's your word. Come on. It speaks faith. It brings faith. It raises the level of faith. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we just sing for a moment? love that